0: Listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith M, and we're coming to you from Tasmania right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host Jason Cook and today we've got Arfi Tuoi joining us from Wynyard. Welcome Arfi. Arfi. <laughs>
1: Uh, Jason, good morning. How are Great you? To, yeah, good, brother. Great to be with you this morning.
0: What's the weather like up in Wynyard today? Wow, it's beautiful.
1: Yeah, another beautiful spring day. Awesome. And uh, we've had some rain come through the week, and uh, so, yeah, it's been a good balance so far.
0: Awesome. Arfie, I can tell, and I'm not sure whether we've discussed this before on air, but uh, I can tell that your accent is not quite homegrown Australian. Um, <laughs> I can tell there's a slight New Zealand flavour to it, and uh, I'm guessing that you grew up in New Zealand, is that right?
1: Yes, I was born in New Zealand, in Auckland, New Zealand, and... Um, then became a seven-day Adventist down in Christchurch. Okay. So I'm from from the entire island of New Zealand, the north and the south.
0: Right, very good. And you've been in Australia for quite some time now. And are you an Australian citizen, or or can you have dual citizenship these days? You can have.
1: Yeah. Um, New, New Zealanders, New Zealanders are quite um, lucky in that regard. We can have dual citizenship.
0: Right. Okay. Now, my question is. Do you go for the All Blacks or the Wallabies when the rugby's playing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I guess, Jason, you're asking that question because of the Bledisloe Cup that just finished not long ago, about a week ago. And, and yeah, look, um, uh, you know, my dad says... To me, you know, when he was in New Zealand, he went for New Zealand. But now he's in Australia, he goes for the Wallabies. So. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, but I, I haven't given up on the All Blacks. So I don't follow what my dad's what my dad does. So, so I still go for the All Blacks.
0: Very good. So, so you're loyal to your original team of of New Zealand, the All Blacks. Yeah. Very I good. Am.
1: Now that's a good. That's a good point. Loyalty. Yeah, that, that's what's coming out in the study today too.
0: Yeah, that's sort of what I was thinking when I thought about that question. Is uh, you know where, where is our loyalty found? So yeah, very
1: really um, good.
0: Now today we're going to be continuing on our study on Hosea, and um, we're not just limiting today to Hosea four, but we're we're certainly starting there. Um, And, of course, if you want to listen to our past episodes where we've covered Hosea up to Chapter 3, you can do that on the FaithFM website, faithfm.com.au, or the FaithFM app, which you can get from the App Store. That's the Google App Store, if you've got a Google or Android phone. And uh, if you've got an Apple, the Apple App Store, you can get from there as well, the FaithFM Australia app. Um, So today, Arfi, before we get into our... Our topic of Hosea 4 and beyond. Uh, would you like to just give us a, a recap on where we've come from?
1: Yeah, so for the last um, probably uh, four sessions that we've had together, we've sort of discovered through Hosea, especially through chapters one and three that we've looked at, that they really are, are sort of chapters, they're symbolic narrative, they are a story, and about the prophet Hosea. His wife Goma, their three children, Jezreel, Lo Ruhamah, Lo Ami. And what we've seen is the tragedy of the prophets, or, or the prophet Hosea's married life, of which these chapters speak of. Mm. And um, they are, you know, all symbolic of the relationship between God and Israel and of God and us today. And uh, we can also sense how God feels about Israel because we have felt that agony of, his, of the prophet Hosea. And, um, but when we come to chapters four to 14, which is what we're going to be dealing with. And I've been trying to, you know, sort of split the last the remaining, uh, 11 chapters in half. And I, I found it quite difficult because I, I've really enjoyed the study, um, through each chapter. And, um, so I'm going to try my best to do that, um, split in two, but sort of cover in depth and, and, you know, in, in each chapter. Mm. And, um, but what we do find in the remaining chapters, uh, the remaining 11 chapters, is that, um, that they're, they're not a narrative, they're not a story, and there's no symbols involved, but that rather they're you know they're, addressed, they're addresses and reflections of God and the detailed situation of the Israel, Israelite nation or their sins in detail, and why have they committed adultery to God.
0: So um, to get started today, should we get into the reading or do you want to pray before yeah. we do so?
1: Yeah, let's have a word of prayer and then I'll, I'll get you to Jason read chapter 4 verses 1 to 3. So okay. let's have a word of prayer together. Yeah. Father, we trust in you now and by the guidance of the Holy Spirit may you bless us with understanding and truth and may we also
0: follow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we're going to read Hosea chapter four, verse one to three, and I'm reading from the New King James version. Um, I think that's the version you like, Arfi, Is that right? Yes. Yeah. I
1: follow that version.
0: Hear the word of the Lord, you children of, of Israel. For the Lord brings a charge against the inhabitants of the land. There is no truth or mercy or knowledge of God in the land. By swearing and lying, killing and stealing stealing and committing adultery, they break all restraint with bloodshed upon bloodshed. Doesn't sound like a very good place to be. No, no. And
1: uh, well, we'll get to the understanding of that. Don't we'll continue. Oh, verse three. I, I missed
0: verse three, didn't I? Therefore, the land will mourn, and everyone who dwells there will waste away with the beasts of the field and the birds of the air. Even the fish of the sea will be taken away.
1: Yeah. And so, what we what you've read there, Jason, there is that God now brings the charges towards Israel and shows them why they have been unfaithful and why they have committed adultery towards them. Uh, and he says there in, in verses one, and, um, you know, there is no truth or mercy or knowledge of God in the land. They become the three charges against Israel mm. or the three things that are missing among Israel. And that is one, faithfulness, two, love, and three, an acknowledgement of God. And so the question has to be asked then. So why doesn't God give up and let his people face the consequences of their actions? Mm. You know, Jason, you and I talked off, you know, off air just a few minutes ago. And, you know, uh, you know, as human beings, you know, we can get frustrated really easily and we just say, well, away you go then. Yeah, you, give, you give up want, on it. Yeah. You don't want to listen? Fine. Mm. Do what you want. Mm. And, and I, sometimes, you know, it just boggles my mind why God is so faithful. Why does he continue to come back at us? Mm. And um, it's interesting, if you go to chapter 11 of Hosea, verses 8 and 9 it gives us a good answer there it
0: says uh, 11 8 and 9 says how can I give up Ephraim how can I hand you over Israel how can I make you like Adamar? how can I set you like Zioboam my heart churns within me my sympathy is stirred I will not execute the fierceness of my anger I will not again destroy Ephraim For I am God and not man, the Holy One in your midst, and I will not come with terror.
1: Amen. Thanks, Jason. You know, we find here in the Old Testament gospel here, you know, a a picture, a vivid picture that God, who is unwilling to give up on his children. Mm. You know, we see God, he finds it next to impossible to let his children go. The glory of God's grace that he doesn't give up on us. And that illustrates what what you've just read there on um, the words there, Adma and Zabiam, sorry, which are cities that uh, you find in Genesis chapter fourteen verses two and eight. These are cities that made up Sodom and Gomorrah. Right. Yeah. And what had them to what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah? They were destroyed. They were destroyed. Mm. And here, this is why God is his heart is pleading, and he says to. Um, Israel. He's not going to treat them like Sodom and Gomorrah and just burn, give them away. He's going to continue to plead and to to woo them to come back. And it reminds me of, you know, the text that the Apostle Paul says in in Romans chapter 7, uh, verses 24 and 25. Would you like to read that one for us, Jason, please? It
0: says, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. Yeah, beautiful text. You know,
1: what a wretched man I am. Who can save me from this from sin? And Paul then turns around and answers his own question. I thank God for mm. Jesus Christ my Lord. You know, Jason, I've, I've met a lot of parents who, whose children have, have forsaken God. Mm. And, you know, and I, I, I hear that the heartache that they have, the loneliness that comes from the decision that their children have made. And chapter 11 is that picture of God, an awesome picture that, you know, we really need to contemplate about our Almighty God because it, it reveals a picture of God who's moving. And um, it's a tender chapter that you'll find in the Bible. It's a lonely, you know, of the rapture of God wanting to reconcile his children back to him. The intim- intimacy that we were created to have this relationship with God, his heart and our heart made one again.
0: Hmm. We've got another verse you want to read just before a we break. We've got yeah. to, uh, just, just enough time to read this. It uh, This is in Hosea. 11 verse 1 to 3, and it's uh, titled God's Continuing Love for Israel. When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. As they called them, so they went from them. They sacrificed to the Baals and burned incense to carved images. I taught Ephraim to walk, t- uh, taking them by their arms, but they did not know that I healed them.
1: Yeah. And there you have it, Jason, God's Mm. love. His vulnerable vulnerable love, love freely given with the possibility of it being rejected. Mm.
0: Well, we're going to go to a break, but uh, before we do, we're going to ask you a question today. This um, question is, why isn't God willing to give up on us? We'd love to hear from you today. Text us in on 488 880891 Why isn't God willing to give up on us? This first song is called Come Unto Christ by Kayleigh Reed.
2: The one who walked on water Then he brought them safe to shore And if ever you may need him He's the one you're looking for So let him in
0: As the Encounters on Faith FM and uh, we're talking with Afi Tuoi today. What a beautiful song, Afi, Come Unto Christ. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, by Kelly Reed. Song. And uh, so today we're covering from Hosea 4 and we're going on from there and uh, jumping around a little bit but uh, we've been uh, from 4 to 11 already. Before the break we asked you a question, why isn't God willing to give up on us? We'd love to hear from you today. Text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero. Eight nine one. So, Arfi, we were just looking at um, a passage from Hosea eleven, and we looked yes. at uh, the uh, the love of God, you know, towards the Israelites, even though they had been, um, you know, not really following His ways. Yeah, and, and what we do find there in chapter
1: eleven, and Jason, as I mentioned before, you know, this is one of the most awesome pictures of. of of God that you will find in the Bible here in uh, Hosea chapter eleven, because it really reflects the loneliness of God, and um, in, in, in this chapter,
3: mm.
1: and um, you know he's vulnerable, but he's willing to freely give his love, and in that vulnerability that God has, he's willing to be rejected as well. But it's, it's not the, his
0: will that he wants to. Mm.
1: And, so,
0: um, so he allows the rejection, but it's it's obviously not his desire to be rejected. Yeah, yeah.
1: that's right, Jason, mm. and uh, certainly not his desire. And um, it's God's will that none should ever perish, but that we all come to repentance. Mm. And um, so what we've seen then, um, why is it... Um, why is it that God doesn't give up and let his people face the consequences of their actions? And we've seen that briefly through chapter 11, and we'll, we will go come back to chapter 11 at some time. And, um, but it's what we've seen is because God has brought these three charges against Israel there in chapter 4, that of... Um, they're of faithfulness, love, and that of an acknowledgement of God. Mm. And um, and understanding these words help us to understand the accusations against Israel because uh, they're not minor nitpicky issues that God has brought against them, but they really touch at the core of Israel's faith and ours today. Mm. And so the first thing, you know, lacking in the lives of, of Israel and maybe even us today is that of faithfulness. Mm. And the word faithfulness is tr- translated as emeth in Hebrew and it occurs 126 times in the Old Testament. You know, Jason, how would you describe the word faithfulness?
0: I would uh, use words like loyalty, uh, devotion, um, uh, commitment. Those are the sorts of words that I sort of... Um, uh, connect with the word faithfulness when when if we're faithful to a person or mm. if we're faithful to God you know a, a, a devotion a, a loyalty, a commitment to to that person or or God
1: yeah no beautiful descriptive words there Jason and, and certainly that that's what God is looking for but what was lacking within the children of Israel because in, in other places in the Bible, the word faithfulness can, is also often translated as truth. Mm. Uh, you have that in proverbs twenty three verse twenty three and do you like to read that for us, please Jason?
0: It says, by the truth and do not sell it also wisdom and instruction and understanding oh, yeah, yeah buy the truth no. sorry, I was reading that as buy the truth, but it's buy as in purchase the truth mm. <laughs> do not sell it mm. yeah
1: buy the truth, hold mm. on to it, do not give it away. Mm. You know, probably the closest English word uh, to the root meaning of emeth would be reliability. Mm-hmm. And a person who has emeth or who is reliable in his innermost being is truly reliable in character and action. Mm. And such reliability can be found in the personal relationship and what God is looking for. That's why you know the Apostle Paul once again in Philippians chapter four verses eight and nine, and Jason, you like to read those verses for us,
0: please it says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things, the things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me. These do, and the God of peace will be with you. Yeah, amen. You
1: know, Jason, this emoth, this reliability, this faithfulness, so this commitment that you, you, you brought out, you know, unfortunately, the, these basic traits were missing within Israel. Mm. And so the other thing that was lacking within Israel, that comes from chapter 4 and verse 1, is that is that of love. And and here in Hosea the word love is also translated uh, translated as hesed. His sorry Hesed. Hasid can be translated as kindness. And those who have received Hesed from another are expected to show that that same love or same Hesed to every other person. You know, um, Jesus brings this out as well, this word Hesed in, in John chapter fourteen verses twenty four and chapter fifteen verse twelve you read those verses for us, please, Jason.
0: Yeah, John fourteen twenty four says, "He who does not love me does not keep my words," and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. And uh, John fifteen twelve says, "This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you." Yeah, amen. You know, it is natural then for
1: has said love to be connected with the covenant that God had made with Israel since a covenant establishes this mutual relationship that we have with Jesus you know it, therefore it brings out this loyalty that you took, you said before this covenant that one has made with God mm. and so real hesed lasts because we do not or should not forget our covenant relationships and that especially with God so the word is especially important in Hosea because the accusation is that Israel has forgotten her relationship with God and her obligations as a covenant or marriage partner, and it's you know, the lack of it in Israel is really appalling. It's like you know a child who has forgotten the hesed of a parent or a spouse has forgotten the marriage vow, mm. and this is the sin of Israel and us today at the core, at its being. And so God has shown his head to Israel and to us, and he is worthy of it to, for it to return back to him. Mm. The third word you have there in chapter 4 and verse 1, the, uh, the charge against Israel, is that God says, uh, the th- or sorry, the third thing that God says is not existent in Israel is an acknowledgement of him. And so the word there of acknowledgement is da'at. And the word acknowledge or to know refers not so much to an intellectual knowledge, but a personal, intimate experience, sorry, experience, knowledge of who God is. And to have no knowledge of God really implies a failure to have a personal relationship with Him. And in Hosea, the absence of, of this lack of knowledge parallels the word forgot.
3: Mm. And you
1: have that in verse 6 of chapter 4. Jason, if you like to read that verse for us.
0: Yes, yeah, so it's uh, 4 verse 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you from being a priest for me. Because you have forgotten the law of God, I will also forget your children. Mm. It's sad, isn't it? Yeah, it is.
1: Those three charges that God brings against them. Mm. So, you know, Israel theoretically knows about God and what is right, but she has conveniently forgotten and acts as if she didn't know God. And, um, you know, Jason, that's, uh, you know, we looked at one of the previous um, uh, Uh, sorry, uh, talks that we had, you know, on syncretism. And this is what's coming out here.
3: Mm.
1: And so the the lacking of these three basic attitudes or life orientations is really tragic within Israel, but it it is the same for us today and because they become the root cause of all Israel's problems. And that's why when you have in verse 2 there of chapter 4, you know, these three... The core which becomes the problem of sin. And why in verse 2 you have that of the cursing, the lying, the Mm. murder, the stealing and that of adultery. Mm. And as a result of Israel's problems, both general and specific, judgment therefore comes in which you've read in verse 3 and becomes a profound lesson. Because in the mind of the Old Testament, all life was part of a seamless whole really. Because theological sins, as we've looked at, the lack of faithfulness and love and acknowledgement of God led to problems in the physical environment. Israel's sin affects all nature. Does sins such as arrogance, irreverence, selfishness and greed, don't they also lead to environmental problems today? Well, Mm. that's another study we can look at too because they do. Mm, Absolutely. And if we really cared about others and thought of the future generations, would we not walk softer on the earth that God has created for us?
0: Mm. So true, so true. We've got a free book offer coming up later in the program. It's called A Time of Departing. We'll give you more details about that in the next section. But we also asked you a question. Why isn't God willing to give up on us? We'd love to hear from you today. Text us in on 488 880 this uh, next song is called Jesus Calls Us by Danny Byron.
4: Jesus calls us
0: into Tassie Encounters on Faith of M and today we're speaking with Afi Tuoi on the series Encounters with Jesus This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio before the break we've been uh, talking about Hosea chapter 4 and uh, all the way up to 11 And uh, but interestingly you were just saying before the break that some of the problems that Israel had we can see in today as well where people are, are greedy and uh, this leads to problems in our world there's arrogance, there's selfishness and uh, that can lead to all sorts of social and even environmental problems so um, where would you like to go with this discussion now?
1: Yeah, so I want to lead um, into now as we go from verses four of chapter four, and it goes on to um, then on to chapter seven because what we see now, while God has made a charge to Israel on those three areas of faithfulness or their lack of faithfulness, their lack of love, and their their lack of acknowledging who God is, God now hones in on the specifics. And why that is. Why has these three charges come against them? Mm. And um, Hosea now emphasizes on that of the leadership of Israel, the problem with the priests and the prophets. And you'd like to read verses uh, 4 to 6 of chapter 4 for us, please, Jason.
0: Yeah. Now let no man contend or rebuke another. For your people are like those who contend with the priest. Therefore, you shall stumble in the day. The prophet also shall stumble with you in the night. And I will destroy your mother. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, because you have rejected knowledge. I will also reject you from being a priest for me, because you have forgotten the law of your God. And I will also forget your children.
1: Mm. So what is the problem then with the priesthood? You (laughs) go, sorry. Oh, yes. Well, the problem, therefore, Jason, is that they fail to give the people knowledge, as verse six says. Yeah. The people whom God had given them to teach have, are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. That's why the charge comes against them in verses, uh, verse one there of chapter four. The lack of love, the lack of faithfulness, and the lack of acknowledging God. And that lack of knowledge comes because the priests have ignored the law of God. And that law is not only the Ten Commandments, but the instructions that God has given to them to teach the people.
0: Hey, Afi, just a question there. See, the first four commandments are actually about our loving relationship with God. So perhaps they uh, were missing that part in particular. Yeah, definitely, Jason.
1: Very Mm. good. And, And so therefore, you know, the priests have failed to perform for their God, the given function that God had given them in instructing the people about the will of God. And this really speaks of the awesome responsibility that religious leaders have to teach people. And and I'm not just talking about, you know, just the, you know, about the pastors here. I'm talking about those who are willing, who have put their hand up and willing to know God's will of the word of God and to pass it on to the people, whether it be their children, whether it be people in, in you know in their homes, people at school, and, and religious teaching is is not really just a, a nice option. Mm. It really becomes a matter of life and death. And the punishment for this clearly falls on both priests and people. Would like to read verse nine, Jason, or chapter four, where God tells us?
0: It says, and it shall be like people, like priest. So I will punish them for their ways and reward them for their deeds. Yeah. So, it's not just, you know, the
1: priests or the pastors that's talking about here. He's talking about all of us who are willing to take hold of the word of God.
3: Mm.
1: And so, what follows then is a detailed description of where this lack of knowledge of religious teaching has led. And uh, from verses 10 to 19 of chapter 4, Jason, if you'd like to read that for us as we come to the
0: end of chapter 19. Sure. Says, For they shall eat but not have enough, they shall commit harlotry but not increase, because they have ceased obeying the Lord. Harlotry, wine, and new wine enslave the heart. My people ask counsel from their wooden idols, and their staff informs them. For the spirit of harlotry has caused them to stray, and they have played the harlot against their God. They offer sacrifices on the mountaintops and burn incense on the hills, under oaks, poplars and terebinths, because their shade is good. Therefore your daughters commit harlotry and your brides commit adultery. I will not punish your daughters when they commit harlotry, nor your brides when they commit adultery. For the men themselves go apart with harlots and offer sacrifices with a ritual harlot. Therefore people who do not understand will be trampled." Though you, Israel, play the harlot, let not Judah offend. Do not come up to Gilgal, nor up to Beth-Aven, nor swear an oath, saying, As the Lord lives, for Israel is stubborn like a stubborn calf. Now the Lord will let them forage like a lamb in open country. Ephraim is joined to idols. Let him alone. Their drink is rebellion. They commit harlotry continually. Her rulers dearly love dishonor. The wind has wrapped her up in its wings, and they shall be ashamed because of their sacrifices.
1: Yeah, amen, I Jason. Let me summarize these verses for us. And, um, you know, from verses 7 to 10, this is we're looking at the description of where the lack of knowledge of religious teaching has led Israel. Verses 7 to 10, Israel is specifically accused of using the cult and sacrifice to get food. Verses 12, they started practicing divination or that of fortune telling. It has, you know, the lack of knowledge has led them in from in verse 13 to offer sacrifices at high places. The lack of knowledge or religious teaching has led them in verses 13 and 14, their participation in ritual sexual misconduct. Their lack of knowledge or religious teaching has led them in verses 17 and 19 to encourage drunkenness and lewdness in connection with false worship. And so this passage, really these verses, clearly brings out the lack of knowledge of the true God and how they have gotten involved in the local false religion. And why verse nineteen tells us that a whirlwind, whirlwind will sweep them away. Mm. Sorry, Jason. I thought you were going to no, jump you're right. in. And, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, you're no, I was just going to bring out now that well. Then how can we then know that we're in a genuine? you know, relationship or, you know, walk with, with the Lord, with Christ. Well, you know, the prophet Ellen White tells us in Steps to Christ in her book, page 55, there are two ways by which I, we can be sure that we have a genuine, regular follow or walk with Jesus Christ. And that is one, it is of whom I love to think about and two, of whom I love to talk about. Because our Christian or our behavior is someone who has accepted a belief that and a trust in Jesus. And that indicates a relationship with, with him and is also planning, they're also planning on eternal life. And that's why in John 17 verse three, it says, and this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So how do we know then that I have been changed? And, and, well, the, there are indicators. And one is that my li- my life is a focus on Jesus and we have a different direction in in life from those who don't know Jesus. The second what, way to know we've changed, I have a daily experience with Jesus. That's why Luke 9.23, it says, Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Another point is, I have a deep interest in the Bible. In John chapter 5, verses 39 and 40, it tells us, You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. We search the scriptures because we're born again. And um, I had an interesting Bible study of uh, Pastor Mark Fal- Falconer over here in Wynyard uh, on John, uh, on being born again. Mm. And um, maybe one day he would, he would um, share that Bible study. But it's a great study on when Nicodemus came to Jesus at night and Jesus told him that he needed to be born
0: again. We actually touched on that a little bit in uh, one of Mark's recent programs okay. on, on uh, Monday time, so I can't remember whether it was last Monday or the one before, but... Okay. Yeah. Yeah, great study.
1: Mm. Now, another point, Jason, you know, not only being born again, but we also have a meaningful meaningful prayer life. Mm.
3: Because
1: Luke eighteen one, Sorry, Luke chapter 18, verse 1 tells us, we always ought to pray and not lose heart. And you know, sometimes... When we were going through a difficult time, it's, it's very hard to get on our knees and pray, but we, we should never give up. That, that's our key for us to, to fight, to fight our way through is to come to the Lord. And we have a desire to witness because Mark chapter eight, verse 35, it tells us whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels or the gospel will save it. And, and also I admit that I am a sinner. First John chapter one verse eight tells us, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. You know, I've heard people say, you know, I haven't sinned for three years. Mm. You know, <laughs> well, there goes the biggest sin right there. I'd,
0: I'd like to be them.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, you know, and that's why you know the text you read before, Jason. You know why Paul says, "Oh, what a wretched man I am," mm. because he knew that he was a chief sinner, mm. even though he had been a Christian for fourteen years, mm. and why we all need God's grace on a daily basis. Mm. And so, First John chapter four, verse seven and eight: If we have love for others, beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Mm. Yeah.
0: Very good. Well, we got to go to another break and um, interesting, this book offer today that I promised you we'd tell you about, it's uh, called A Time of Departing and uh, it's interesting that um, many spiritual practices uh, involve... Things from different areas, I guess. And, uh, this is the subtitle of this is how ancient mystical practices are uniting Christians with the world's religions. It's by Ray Jungen, a revealing account of a new age spirituality that has infiltrated much of the church today. It exposes the subtle strategies to compromise the gospel message with Eastern mystical practices cloaked under evangelical terminology and wrappings. So this book helps us to uh, identify those things, learn about it and of course, we want to not follow those practices. So uh, this song is Arise, I Will Arise and Go to Jesus. Uh, it's also Come Ye Sinners, Poor and Needy. This is by Ruit Salonan. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're finishing up our program with Afi Tuoi on the topic of Hosea and we've been covering from around about Chapter 4, we're focusing quite a bit on Chapter 4 today, but uh, also looking at other areas in Hosea as well. Now before the break we talked about our book offer today, A Time of Departing and uh, how ancient mythical practices are uniting Christians with the world's religions this is something we need to be careful about and it's quite relevant to our study today where the israelites at this at this time of hosea were bringing in practices from other uh, beliefs from baal and other other such things so we need to be aware of what could be potentially creeping into our own religion our own christianity and uh, this book helps us to identify those things so We've got three copies to give away today, and the code for today's book offer is Encounter27. No spaces, Encounter27, Encounter27. Text that into 0488 That's Encounter27 0488 First three in will receive a copy of that book so uh Arfie, just to finish this off you 've got a title here called uh, "What is Spiritual Adultery," and this is what was going on in the time of Hosea here
1: yeah thanks jason and, and that 's where the last section i 'd like us to look at um, because um, you know I made the point that um, from chapter four to the remaining uh, to the end of the book of Hosea. Um, you know, it becomes more pointed. Mm. And, um, you know, um, we looked at chapter four, the three areas there that was, that caused spiritual adult, uh, spiritual adultery of that of their lack of faithfulness, their lack of love, and their lack of acknowledgement of God. And that came through, you know, the problem with the priests and the prophets. And so i'd like us then to finish off and really now look at what is the spiritual what is spiritual adultery or religious prostitution and mm. and why is it so prevalent within the book of hosea um, because the references to adultery and prostitution you have there in the book of hosea um, are really detailed situation to the israelite nation but application to us today And the concept really is important through the book of Hosea. And so it's it's not a coincidence that the use of this word occurs in in the section of Hosea to emphasize the sins of the priests, the religious apostasy of the people. And prostitution and adultery refer specifically to that of the spiritual religious sins of the people. Mm. Because when God is not acknowledged as God, then really some other master must be found. Because God is Israel's husband and to abandon him for some other God is adultery and to receive material gain from another God and that in this instance is Baal becomes prostitution and so Israel is like a woman of easy virtue who sells her allegiance to who whomever will pay or bless her and it's interesting when you see the comparison of the God Israel. And God meaning a small g God that Israel chose to serve Them being Baal The word Baal is actually a title meaning Lord or master or even husband And as we know Baal was a God Was a fertility God And according to their myth Or the mythology of the cult Baal, Baal Baal died annually and so when Baal died, he, they believed that he descended into the underworld for a period. and while there, Baal found his mate, a female god and they had and um, would be intimate together. And as a result of this intimacy uh, a un- uh, and their union together, nature then therefore would come alive again, and rain would come, crops will grow, and the livestock would multiply. And so the Canaanites believed in this imitative magic of Baal. And so they would imitate the god or the gods of Baal. And they believed that the gods or Baal would imitate the people. And so as part of their worship in the high places, male worshippers would enter into a sexual relationship with a woman who was usually a cult prostitute. And then they would imitate Baal. And then expect Baal to imitate them and make the earth fruitful. And it was here that, that you know they were thus seen as helping to resurrect nature and restore fertility to their crops and, and animals. And worshippers of Baal saw such practices as vital, really vital to the continued prosperity of their land. And a vital part of the Canaanite farming as they were. And why this blatant sexual immorality in the name of religion makes the term adultery and prostitution more understandable in the Book of Hosea. So the application, therefore, Jason, for us, therefore, in understanding this, is, is you know the danger of false religion
3: mm.
1: is that it is always that it, it always seems good. And it appears to make sense and why that book offer that you just read is very important for us to understand the false religions or the bales that are out there that can lead us away from God. And so the modern bales appear to be just what we need, we believe. And the, you know, the modern bales are fun as well, but it really, it takes spiritual discernment from the Holy Spirit for us to realize the terrible end that they will lead to. And this is the very reason why the spiritual knowledge we talked about earlier is so crucial. It's only when we have an inadequate knowledge of the true God of heaven can we really see the differences between false and true religion. And in Hosea, the real problem is not just her rejection of Yahweh or God, but it's her religious compromise. Israel desired; they desired to remain wedded to Israel or to Yahweh. Sorry, but they wanted to have an affair with Baal. The -hmm. syncretism that we we talked about in an earlier session. So when Hosea is reconciled, what? So what we see therefore in chapter three that we finished a few weeks ago, when we when Hosea is reconciled with Gomer there in chapter three, she is to live with Hosea and Hosea alone in verse three of chapter three. She cannot be intimate with any other man. And Hosea's desperate burden is to have Israel recognize where she stands today. And God wants us through the book of Hosea to also recognize where we stand today. And that she is guilty of this religious adultery. Her religious leaders have failed to instruct her and bear the special blame for this. And because of this terrible sin, Israel and us stand under judgment. And so once again, in our study of Hosea, we are given a sweeping review of the history of the people of God. But this time, we see the past, the present, and the future of Israel and us today. Mm. Because as God's children, from the vantage point of the divine parent who remembers, he remembers us with joy, with anguish, with grief, and he suffers with loneliness as well. But God also looks forward with hope that we will come back and continue to be faithful to him. Mm.
0: I've, I've learned today, I feel the points that stand out to me is that <clears throat> when we discuss that word of faithfulness, that we need to have a dedication to really knowing God. and. It's that knowing is is not just a, an intellectual knowledge, but it's a real relationship with Him. That we need to study His Word, we need to read it, and we need to have that daily relationship with Him, so that we don't yeah. get misled and and uh, taken astray by all sorts of ideas. And uh, yeah,
1: yeah, you hit it on the head, Jason. It's that daily daily mm. relationship with Him, mm. and that's what was missing with Israel. Yeah. An important lesson for us today.
0: Next time we're going to be, when two weeks' time with you, Arfi, we'll be continuing on with our study of Hosea. And, uh, of course, next week we'll have Mark Falconer back on the series and he'll be doing another Is Jesus Really Serious About? program. So do join us next Monday. Uh, to, uh, tomorrow, of course, we've got Peter Watts with the program or series The uh, Daniel and the God of Wisdom. And we're up to Daniel chapter 10 tomorrow. Um, of course, today's program, uh, today's offer, free offer today is Encounter 27, A Time of Departing. Do remember that book. And, uh, we've got just three copies. So the first three in will get a copy of that. Encounter 27 to 0488 We just want to, uh, wish you a blessing, a God's blessing today. May you feel His presence wherever you are. Thank you, Afi, for joining us once again. And Thanks, uh, we wish you a great week as well. Thank you. May God be with you.